Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 7, Episode 23, Storm Warnings. Mary, what happened this week? Claire, frustrated by how Steve Steve still is, decides to give him a new perspective on his behavior. She pretends to wear a transdermal testosterone patch and gives Steve a 24-hour dose of himself. Steve, on the other hand, is on his best behavior, or at least he's pretending to be. There's a storm rolling in, and Rush needs Steve to watch over his new house in Malibu, so Steve enlists the whole gang to protect the house from the storm and makes sure to leave evidence of their effort so Rush can be proud of his boy. Jim and Cindy invite Brandon, plus one, to visit them in Hong Kong over break. Val's like, bring me please, but Brandon reminds her she can't, because she has to stay in LA and supervise her new actor boyfriend Rob and his manager Alan Black and this $10,000 check. Side note, how many times are we going to dangle $10,000 in front of Val before we find out Ginger has been sending these opportunities her way so Val will actually have some cash the next time Ginger blackmails her? But anyway, Brandon has two tickets to Hong Kong, and it becomes pretty immediately clear that one of them is not for Tracy, until it is. Tracy realizes Brandon hasn't told his family much about her at all, when she couldn't wait to tell her parents about him. Brandon eventually explains that meeting the parents is a big step, but it's one he thinks he's ready to take, which I'm calling bullshit on right this second. Anyway... Kelly's little friend Joey reappears on her porch and agrees to fill her in on his situation after she promises not to send him back to the shelter. He sounds like a puppy when I read that back. (laughs) Eventually, she learns his full name and the reason he ran away from home. She's able to track down his family and reunite them, all while somehow avoiding kidnapping charges. David wants to try to open up communication to better relate to Donna's parents. Donna's like, hey, maybe don't. The way her parents feel about David has no bearing on her feelings for him. But David decides to go have a talk with Dr. Dad anyway, because he's the reasonable one and Felice is on a cruise. Dr. Dad, busy and exhausted at work, still takes the time to listen to David and offer him advice, at least until he passes out on the floor. David calls for help and meets Donna at the hospital, where she learns Dr. Dad has had a stroke. Can we please give Donna a break? I, I'm furious what they did to Dr. Dad. Right? I was, so, I was so excited to see him. And then the whole time, and then he started loosening his tie, and I was like, oh, he's so stressed, and look at all of his casework. And then he literally collapses. Like, literally. of all the people on this show to give a stroke to, they give him and and then what? He's going to go home and have to deal with Felice and not be able to walk away. Well, and that's the thing, too. He's probably really stressed in the hospital once he is part of, like partially recovering, thinking, oh, God, my wife doesn't know. She's trapped on a boat for however long, you know, without – it's not like there are cell phones available. And even when there are cell phones, it's not like when you're on a cruise, you're just always on your cell phone because chances are you don't have service. So – She's going to come home and have, like, a gajillion messages on her answering machine at her house about Dr. Dad or come home not to see Dr. Dad because we don't know how long his recovery is going to be. 
Yeah. So that's what got me is at one point Donna was like, I have to call my mom. And I was like, how? She's on a boat. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just do that. And then later they're just like, oh, yeah, she's on her way back. It was like, because the boat's on its way back or because you <laughs> yeah. got her? Yeah, good point. Like, she's on her way back in a general sense or specifically. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I've i never been on a cruise. But John went on a cruise last May and I think he bought the data plan, which was how, like, mm. we could communicate because he was just going to pretend to work while he was on this cruise instead of take mm-hmm. PTO. But so, like, we could just slack back and forth. Like, it's not like we could actually make phone calls or text. Right. Right. So if anything major was happening, it's like, even in 2022, you can't you can't communicate as effectively as you want to. Yeah. So what's this? 1997? Not happening. 1998? Six. Seven. No, seven. It is seven. Yes. <laughs> I never remember what year we're in. Honestly, when Kelly was giving out her cell phone number to Joey's mom, I was like, do you have a cell phone? I thought those weren't around. Like, I was lost. I also would like to call it (laughs) to see if it's in service. (laughs) Right? Every time TV shows give a number and they start with a real area code, I'm like, huh? And then it's the 555 and then you get sad. Well, I know in How I Met Your Mother, whenever they would do a website, it would be a legitimate website for a while I don't think they're up anymore but like the slap countdown one that one was real (laughs) nothing made me happier than the fact that tv shows made websites like Mm -hmm. the fact that like NBC had so many websites for the office and yeah parks and rec and everything I know what a time now it's just tiktoks and like stuff like that I can't figure out tiktok let's talk about (laughs) 90210 Yeah, so all the way at the very beginning, we open with the beach apartment, and Kelly and Claire are there, and Kelly is is still very, like, upset about the situation with Joey, because last we saw Kelly, she was being told by the social worker that Joey just up and left the shelter, right? So um, she was very, very mad at the social worker, rightfully so, and so she hasn't been sleeping well. Claire, on the other hand is very annoyed with Steve, and I cannot get over. First of all, where, like, was she mad last episode? Because I don't remember. Like, I don't remember what happened between them last episode. I almost said semester. But (laughs) it just seems to come out of nowhere, and then she talks about what she's mad about, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that could be a very normal, very real problem that could happen Anytime with Steve, let's be honest, any weekend, any weeknight. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it has been a few weeks since we've recorded, but I'm pretty sure the last time we saw Claire and Steve, they were doing Steve's marketing project about the cleaner turned glue. That's what it is. So like, annoyed with Steve's antics, but not necessarily in a bad place in their relationship. Yeah, but okay, when she started talking, I was like, this is a bad look even for Steve because apparently he demanded his sex quota. Which they are in their early 20s. So even if Claire was not as sex positive, but we know she is, 
but let's just say she was on the lower end of it, right? She's still 22. Like, her sex drive is probably the highest it will ever be. So if Steve surpasses that, what are we talking here? It it just sounds like, yeah, Steve is hyper-focused on this more so than normal, maybe? I mean, they have dress-up day. Like, it's not like right. they need to be worried about anything. Go talk to Brandon and Tracy if you want to know what you should be worried about. Like, yeah, y'all. But, yeah, it's this whole, like, she doesn't want to have sex with him when he demands it. So he's like, oh, well, you must be on your period. Oh, are you PMSing? Also, the idea that the Keg brothers have a made-up thing for PMS is – the dumbest most made up thing i've ever heard in my life it this now i'm like okay yeah pop culture really did create this phenomenon that men love sex and women don't like sex like they really Mm -hmm. did create this divide between you know men and women and sure men and women are different but so are men to other men and women to other women so relationally they're really not that different they're more different in their own genders than they are between the two genders. And I'm not even include, including non-binary and non-cisgender, you know, people. It, it, it Like, this is baffling to me that having this realization of like, okay, now I see where it comes from. But And you're so right because the show even continues that conversation with Kelly being like, oh, boys will be boys. And I was like, you're literally like – I looked it up after this uh, conversation. I looked it up, and this uh, episode was written by a man. And I was like, of course okay. it was. <laughs> I understand now. I think it was directed by a woman, but it was written by a man. And maybe there were some directing choices that, like, <laughs> by the woman to account for this very clearly male-written episode. I don't know. It was just... The only thing I liked about it, and this is just me being petty, was that Claire was like, okay, fine. I, I, like, he wants to be a jerk. I can play that game, too. I don't like when games are played in relationships, but, but I at least like Claire standing up for herself and not feeling guilty. You know, like, she's very confident in what she wants and doesn't want and for the reasons she wants and doesn't want it, you know? So she's not going to be like, well, I'll just give in or Ugh, I'm the worst or anything like that. She's like, I'm going to show him since he clearly doesn't understand a conversation. I'm going to show him why he's wrong. Yeah. No, thoroughly enjoyed watching it. But by the end of it, I mm-hmm. was like, OK, now let's have a serious conversation about how yes. this is a very bad relationship. Yeah, 100 percent. But but that's just me personally. What I will say is. You know, so Claire says that she goes to leave. Kelly kind of follows her out. And Joey is on the porch. Like, we find out that Joey has come back. But not before Kelly walks over to her plants and says good morning to them. <laughs> and I was like, is Kelly the original plant mom? So I was, like, looking at my other screen, typing notes. All of a sudden I heard, oh, hello. And I look up as soon as she says it. And, and I hadn't seen Joey yet. But then I see her, like, looking at the wall at the plants. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. I was so happy. I was just like, do it again. Just talk to your plants. <laughs> they need the, the conversation. I don't know. I don't know plants. I kill plants. 
Oh, I do too. But like the fact that she's just like, oh, hello. Like, like good morning. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second of that like tiny little moment. Yeah, because then immediately afterwards she sees Joey, you know, because he, he hides but doesn't like mean to be hidden. And mm-hmm. so when Claire's officially gone, like he reveals himself and like, as we suspected, talks really poorly about the shelter. Says like, don't make me go back there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, because Kelly is concerned for his safety, she's like, no, of course I won't. Like, come here. And opening credits. Yep. And then a nice little, like, fun B-roll moment. I meant to look up if the music was the original music because it was really upbeat and fun. Mm Mm-hmm. But afterwards, Brandon enters the episode. And he is, like kicked up to a 13 this episode like he was just so fun like Val comes in and he's just like a vision in terry cloth imagine this you do this this and this and you just look at you oh I wrote the whole thing down yeah it's look at her how does she do it school all morning afternoons with her boyfriend Rob clubbing all night look at her first thing in the morning a vision in terry cloth Utterly in vogue. (laughs) Like, Jason Priestley said, I became a producer this season, so I'm going to have some more input. This is how I want to (laughs) be. I loved every second of just, like, the weird things he did Mm -hmm. throughout the episode. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, once he was able to kind of, like, find his silly side, and I mean both Jason Priestley finding... Brandon Walsh's silly side and just Mm -hmm. Brandon Walsh, like not taking himself as seriously. It's great. Like it's a no wonder. It's a no wonder. It's no wonder we fell in love with him because look at him. He's so goofy. Like, yeah, I, I am a morning person. So if I woke up and this was waiting for me out in my kitchen with coffee, I'd just be a happy little camper. Mm hmm. And we find out that. He is up emailing with good old Jim and Cindy. Mm-hmm. They are sending two tickets to Hong Kong so that he can come visit over spring break with question mark. Yes. Which is, I, it is interesting that like Jim and Cindy preemptively sent two tickets. I mean, I assume like whoever Brandon was dating at the time could come or like Steve, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they probably wouldn't be mad. But the fact that they're, like, paying for and sending two tickets to Hong Kong, Jim must be really enjoying that job. Yeah, I wrote in all caps, was like, oh, two tickets. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Also wondering, like, why he needs friends, like, with him in Hong Kong to go visit the fam. Like, are we not bringing Brenda? Did Brenda say no so the other ticket is actually what they would have sent her? I could totally see Brenda just being like, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'm busy. Excuse me. I am reviving <laughs> Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, and Val says, like, oh, I can't go. But you should take Tracy. Like, she just assumes she's, like, the plus one immediately. Love it. Everyone does. It's so mm-hmm. funny. He's like, yeah, I have two tickets. And they're all like, take me. Yeah. Oh, I'm going, right? They're like, already got suitcases packed. So everyone knows. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't like really know, but they know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Brandon and Tracy are not in 
the right state of mind. I mean, yeah, the show makes it painfully obvious after Val's like, well, you'll be taking Tracy. There's some like not so happy music and a little Brandon sigh. Mm-hmm. Because he's got to think about it before he says <laughs> anything to Val. Seriously, why would you ever admit the first thing? Oh, yeah, I just got this email for two tickets to Hong Kong. Never. Not to Val. Love her to death. Keep it superficial at all times. And you got to have a response ready to go because she's going to pick up on your body language, too. So (laughs) even if he hadn't said what he said after he did the little like Brandon nod to the side, kind of look over and sigh, she already picked that up. She already knows what you mean by that. Yeah. No. Never. Tell just Jim and Cindy are sending a ticket to Hong Kong. Not a lie, not the complete truth. True. Good point. Yeah. But we have to take a break from that because we have to go back to Joey, where like Kelly has finally gotten him to tell her the truth. Yeah. He gets, she gets, you know, his full name, where he's from, why he ran away, and, you know, kind of TLDR. His mom got remarried, and he feels like he's being replaced by a new baby. Yep. Which, totally understand that feeling. I mean, that's that's a very common feeling for siblings, especially, like, um, divorced and remarried parents who are still of a childbearing age um, mm-hmm. to then enter in a new child into the equation. Like, I could totally understand. That's literally why my dad and stepmom decided not to have another kid, because they had talked about it. Right. So but they figured because we were already blended as it was and and things were already kind of bad, why throw another kid in the equation? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, do we know how old Joey is? He is like 11 or 12. Okay. Because I remember last episode, it was like. Um. I think he said, like, I'm almost 12 years old. I'm fine. Like, I can, you know, something about, like, being okay on his own or something. Yeah, that sounds right. That's where I would have placed him, just honestly guessing. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like, you know, that's probably around the age where, like, you know, kids start getting into trouble without really realizing it. But, like, you know, you do something bad at school, like, not meaning to do something bad. You just accidentally do something and then your parents get a letter sent home. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you've also got, like, mom's really excited about having a new baby. I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You start feeling like you're kind of neglected or not important anymore, like that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. especially then, you know, this is kind of the moment where Kelly's, like, trying to relate to him. Like, I understand what having a new family is like. You know, that's obviously happened to Kelly many times, not just from a step-parent situation but clearly other siblings but joey makes like a heartbreaking point when he's like well then why haven't they found me and i'm like that's (sighs) because as a 12 year old or 11 year old 12 year old whatever whatever yes you wanted to run away to make a statement but you also wanted the attention of somebody like feeling terrible that you're gone and doing everything Mm -hmm. they can to get back to you and the fact that it's been however long it's been and his mom's still not there that's gotta hurt you know yeah I think I think Joey is honestly underestimating himself unfortunately yeah like Kelly makes the comment later that he's very resourceful 
I just can't imagine if my kid ran away, I don't think I would jump to he's two states over. Right? I would be like, like he's down at the grocery store or at a friend's house. Yeah, let's check the friend's houses. Let's check their tree houses. Like the Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah, like not Southern yeah. California beach town. Unless he's exactly. like been obsessive about the waves before, then like maybe. Or he's been on a train before, so he knows how it works. Like, yeah, yeah there's the thing is, is there's a lot more to it than just, oh, my child, you know, navigated two states on his own. Yeah. He's also not telling anyone his last name, running away from the social yeah. work. Like, he's a resourceful little kid. And I think, like, he is very much outsmarting his parents. And that's not, like, a reason on either side. It's just mm -hmm. kind of a fact in my mind. Yep. So And so after that – um, we get a little break and we see David and Donna, which we obviously talked about like what's happening in their storyline. But I kind of actually loved when David, you know, comes behind her, hugs her like um, he's all excited and happy. He the fact that Donna's grandparents story is still sticking with David and that makes him and inspires him to want to fix things with the family. That is so sweet. Like, I don't think we've seen David. We've seen David be sweet to Donna, but not at this level to be so proactive. And it's adorable. And I feel like this is the biggest, most natural obstacle between the two of them. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, we had, you know, other people show up, but like Chloe and Cliff don't really count. Like they were very clear misdirects, I guess. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile... Felice is forever. We cannot exactly. get rid of her. Yeah, and like exactly. We also had that whole conversation about how like it kind of really sucks that Grandma hates Felice. Like, I bet there's also part of David that thinks that if he ever sent his grandkids to stay with Felice and Doctor Dad, that she would just be like, "Well, your father's insane. Did you know he did meth?" Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine? That would be terrible. How do you feel about? Donna's reaction to this where she's basically just like they're never going to accept you so let's just move on like it doesn't matter it at first I was like what are you doing but then I thought about it and Donna is a people pleaser she does not want to rock any boats she will stand up and pick the times where she wants to be assertive we've seen her do that in regards to David mm -hmm. but I do think she is still scared of her mom. She is scared of – I don't know exactly what she's scared of necessarily, but she is scared of the power that Felice has over her. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very natural for her to be like, I don't know. Like, this could make things worse, not just for you, but for me too. Because, like, if you guys break up and we go through all – or not you guys. If we break up and we go through all this – turmoil just to try to get her to like you like then I'm gonna get crap forever even if you're not in my life kind of situation so from a people-pleasing perspective I can understand it but in general I'm like no, no 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 Donna like appreciate this wonderful gesture that your boyfriend who has not always been the best boyfriend is doing for you and wanting to do yeah that's I 
didn't even really remember the people pleaser part of it. I really zoned in on the other side of like, Donna, your boyfriend wants to make peace with your parents. Like, yeah. you are such a daddy's girl. And despite everything Felice has done to you, you still like spend time with her and she is still your mom. Like, you should be over the moon that he is willing to bend over backwards for this. Yeah, exactly. Especially after Wait. that comment in the car on the way up to grandparents. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was something about Felice hating David. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. Because it was what like, it was. it was something of like, I don't know if she hates me because I'm crazy or because I'm Jewish. Right. And Donna just was just kind of like, <laughs> probably both. <laughs> just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What's that over there? Exactly. So, yeah. But there's kind of this like, I love. When shows do the thing, and 90210 has done it a lot, where, like, two characters are in a scene, and then to pivot to the next scene, you just have somebody walk past, and then the camera ends up following them, because mm-hmm. yep. Brandon goes by, and it's just like, get a room, you two. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the condor's nest to get some coffee, where he gets real, like, you know, throw the money out, just coffee, please. Coffee? It was Coffee. <laughs> It was very Miranda Priestly and Devil Wears Prada where she tosses her coat and bag and then <laughs> like you have the montage of her doing it and finally it's like quiet and she walks in and doesn't have a coat and bag but she still says coat bag. <laughs> oh, it was very Mar- Miranda Priestly. I just Brandon's hot today. Like, yeah. The he had like the dollar folded, he was ready to go. <laughs> And even Steve is just like, oh, hey, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Yeah, there's a storm coming, and Rush wants Steve to sandbag his house, which I did not understand what that was because I don't have a beach house. But right. I also don't believe that Rush would trust Steve with this. And also, like, why would he not also be like, take your brothers with you? Yeah, Ryan and you Austin. have – you have children. They're free labor. That's, yeah. That's what the point of it is. Maybe the brothers are with Rush. Oh, good point. That's a good point. I don't know. But, yeah, it's a whole thing, and, like, everybody's immediately going to band together to go sandbag a house, which sounds incredibly boring. <laughs> but at the same Wait. time, like, in college, if I had a group of friends like that, like, and, you know, it was local. It wasn't like, oh, we're having to go all the way to, like, New York or something. Mm-hmm. Um. I would probably do it because I'm thinking like, well, if the storm hits or like, why don't we turn it into a weekend? Kind of like what they do, you know, like that would be fun. Yeah. Because I mean, they do grill out and have margaritas and like, you know, have a little sleepover. Mm -hmm. And that's adorable. Yeah. But again, Brandon brings up he has the tickets and Steve's just like, take me. And then they transition to this like, yeah, because Steve's immediately just like, oh, this for me, right? Like, I'm your best bro. and. Brandon is very tempted to take him because Steve then is like, I'm, I need you to take me so I can get away from Claire because here's our situation. And then Brandon's like, oh, same, bro. Like, why are they always trying to talk about their feelings? Like, which I hate, like that we've become stereotypes in the most basic, idiotic way. But I will say the dialogue was funny. Just the banter 
was funny. The way, yeah. I wrote down like, all women want to do is talk, not about sports, about their feelings. And literally Tracy walks up and was like, hey guys. <laughs> and Brandon looks at Steve, need I say more? Steve immediately, seldom wrong and right again. And then Brandon with a chin chin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, this, I love it. Like, it, just, it's so funny. It's like, that's the banter that just like that I could watch forever. Yes. If this show is not going to do anything for an hour except just Brandon and Steve going back and forth and like occasionally Tracy walks in and tosses her head and walks back mm -hmm. out and Claire rips the sleeves off of her flannel, I'm for it. <laughs> and yeah, so Tracy walks up and it turns out that she also has plans to go see her family for spring break. And has already told them about Brandon. They're so excited to meet him. She wants him to come back to the ranch to see them. And Brandon's just like, well, I can't because I have to go to Hong Kong. Not mentioning that he doesn't have the second ticket. Right. And then they do the music cue again. And I'm just like, I mean, y'all are breaking up. If not at the end of this episode, then like within the next two. I'd put money on it. I tend to agree, especially like, I mean, you do see Brandon's face like kind of feel bad about the fact that he knows he's lying to her, but at the same time, he doesn't like automatically correct it or correct it at all until he gets caught. Which is exactly what he did with Kelly's ring. And like, mm -hmm. I just feel like, you know... He could love Tracy and he could love Kelly. Like, it is possible right. to love two different people. But if you don't fully understand your emotions, you owe it to those people to figure that out first, which, like, he repeatedly is not doing with Tracy. He's, like, figuring yes. it out as he goes along and just hopes she doesn't find out that he doesn't have it figured out. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. There's a really short scene with Val and Rob that – I got to be honest, I forgot Rob's name, and so I just called him that guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. I, Val goes to see that guy, and he's got tools. <laughs> That's what I wrote. I mean, I mean, like, let's be real. As Like, what is it with 90210? We talked about the whole contractor, like, whatever situation. But also, what is with them getting nothing against... Jason Lewis. That sounds wrong. That sounds right. Okay. It sounds right. Okay. We're going to think go so. Ahead. Smith from Sex and the City. Yeah. Smith's here. Nothing against him because I do think like this is one of his first acting gigs and he eventually gets a lot better. But what is with 90210 and getting the Tom treatment? Like the really boring, monotone. What did you call well, Mary? What did you call Tom at first? Oh, do you remember? You know what I'm talking about? Like I don't remember. Bland brown-haired man or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, just moderately attractive, bland <laughs> or blandly attractive brown-haired man. I yeah, think that's something right. like that. It's like, <laughs> and I know Smith is blonde, but like, what is with 90210 and getting these like. Un, like completely like not memorable boys and who stay on for at least three or five episodes i will give them credit for finding an interesting chin i mean sure he's pretty i was gonna say i feel like he and cliff 
have similar chins. So that's like back to back butt chins. Like they're both pretty. Can I remember their names? No, I called Cliff Dick for three pages <laughs> in my notes the last time he was on screen. Yeah, I mean, there were times when I forgot Joe, and Joe was on for like a season, maybe more. Yeah, Joe proposed. Joe stayed <laughs> on for a while, and nope. Are all main cast boys allowed to have names longer than one syllable? No, Steve. Oh, okay, yeah, Steve. But Brandon, yeah, but David, Dylan, Dylan. I mean, technically, even Steve is Steven. Mm-hmm. Jim is nope. Jim is Jim is James is. He's one big Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, he's Jimbo. <laughs> he gets three syllables. Very very good point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like we could go back through this entire season and only come up with one syllable: Tom, Cliff. Oh, Colin. Uh, Never mind. Mm, yeah, but Colin was a while ago. I feel like if we just isolated this season, I'd be curious. I'm going to make a list. <laughs> I mean, you could just like name names and they probably would be 90210 boys. If you started with like C, you'd be fine. Well, even think like Mel. Like he's technically like a recurring character, but he's not a regular. They just don't. The problem is. They try and fit seven stories into an episode, and so they probably, like, named Rob Robert, and then it was just like, nope, it's taking too long. Rob. <laughs> well. Can't do it. Speaking of just normal Rob, because let's face it, he is very normal and wants to be normal and is cursed with being famous. Like, I can't <laughs> just, take him seriously. He's so hot. Uh like he's so broody and mopey. He's like, I didn't ask for this. I, you know, volunteered to be an extra, and look what happened. Like I all I wanted to do was, <laughs> yeah, all I wanted to do was work with my hands, and now I can't even do that because I have to act. Like what? <laughs> I mean, literally, this whole scene is just setting up. I don't want to be here. Read this script, like right. He's not going to stick around. He's since the day she met him. He's like, no, I don't want to go to parties. I don't want to do the job I have. I don't even like the house I bought. I just want to work on it. Like, why doesn't he just leave? Like, he is a grown man who is employed, but was employed before. It's not like he was unemployed and like needed a job. He had a job. He can, I, Rob, you can just leave, my guy. <laughs> I think we will prove later in this episode that Rob is very easily influenced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's going to accidentally find himself famous and then yeah. just be like, I don't know how I got here. True. But, yeah, that was like a five-second scene. And then <laughs> we get Claire with a transdermal testosterone patch. First of all, she looked like grunge just in a like i know she's trying to look male but she just looked grunge to me yeah which i loved it and i was kind of into it she also looked like i've been watching a lot of how i met your mother lately and it does not hold up like the jokes are terrible <laughs> and barney is a predator but i can't yeah. stop watching it because some of it is very funny 
And Marshall Erickson is the best human being on the planet. Anyway, you know, you guys have seen it, right? Yeah. Okay. You know how they go through the whole show and they try to find everybody's doppelgangers? Mm-hmm. Lesbian Robin. Claire looks like lesbian Robin. And you know, as soon as you said she looks like, I was like, she looks like Robin. Robin Trabowski yes. would do this. Yes, but she is- looks like Robin's doppelganger, lesbian Robin, in flannel and like combat boots. <laughs> like, so funny. See, meanwhile, this whole time, I was like, okay, aside from the obvious joke of what's going on, like, she'd be Caitlin's best friend. Yeah, that's probably true. With She's eating a burger, like, double mega burgers, like <laughs> with cheese and fries. Like, yeah, give she me orders this giant plate of food. Is reading about basketball, specifically Rodman, a name that you and I use pretty frequently. That's true. And even without the name that we use pretty frequently, I still would have been able to talk about Dennis Rodman. You would have been able to talk basketball, and then she's like, oh, basketball players, can you believe what he's making? I'm in the wrong major. And Steve goes, Claire, I think you're in the wrong body. And I was like, oh, don't get me started. We could be here for years. <laughs> but like, yeah, I was like, okay, Does if testosterone Claire is my best friend, does that mean that I should be Steve's friend? Like, oh, I don't think so. In are reality- you Brandon? <laughs> oh, my God. If I am this week's Brandon, I am like 85% into it. Yeah. I love that she's like immediately like, you know, I'm apologizing for being so whiny and needy. Like Steve should have been tipped off, but it's Steve. So he's not. (laughs) Nothing made me happier than when they get up from the table and she's facing the camera away from him and you see that little smirk and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, Steve has no idea. Like, he is a little concerned that she's, like, taking testosterone, basically, but he also, you can tell, doesn't fully understand what that means. (laughs) It's like he knows what testosterone is because he has it, but he doesn't understand what it's going to do to Claire or why this is important. (laughs) No, I mean, because, like, okay, she definitely went off how stupid he is. Yes. Yeah, he's like, testosterone is for boys. And she's (laughs) like... Girls have it too, and I just don't have enough of it. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, again, she's not technically wrong. But, like, this, she's, no, she's like, he's too stupid. He's never going to know that this Band-Aid is not a transdermal patch. Yeah, and he's not going to do his research. Like, she he could would, say whatever she wanted to. She could have been like, these are Dusseldorf and Dorphins. And, like, <laughs> he would have been like, come again. And she was like, don't worry about it. It's to help me make, not be so whiny. And he'd be like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite part is later in the episode when he's telling Brandon about this and Brandon also has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just like, yeah, I mean, testosterone. <laughs> yeah. Bye. It's like whenever things that are in- innately like scientific or remotely – I don't know, intelligent. Sometimes the boys just like, that's one stereotype that I guess I can't be too mad at for the writers being like, they're not going to get it. Just like bless their hearts and let them move on. (laughs) It's so great. Um, Okay. What's not great, I guess I don't have a better transition than that, is this next scene where David drops by to say hi to Dr. Dad 
And I started this scene. All of my notes were like, Dr. Dad, I love Dr. Dad. Oh my gosh. And him being like, I've always got a minute for you. Right? But then like I start, you know, they go into his office. He's still got all these case files everywhere. And I was like, okay, maybe this is like a y'all are going to talk. But then David goes back to Donna and mentions how busy he is. Oh, but he has the excuse like one of his partners is out today. That's why he has so many files. And then it gets cute again because David's like, well, I came to see you because matters of the heart are your specialty. Mm-hmm. And like but- that was cute in and of itself. And the fact that he feels comfortable enough to even like throw in a little joke, you know? I know. And then like, okay, so first David says that. I think it's adorable. And you see Dr. Dad start like loosening his tie and unbuttoning his top button. I was like, okay, maybe Dr. Dad's a little uncomfortable with this. Like he's good right. with Donna, but this is a new experience. But then every time they went, like they'd put the camera on David, then go back to Dr. Dad and he'd be getting paler and like mm-hmm. more uncomfortable and like sweaty. And I was like, okay, well now he looks really bad. And then he stands up and just down. Down. And like, like um, I thought he was having a heart attack. Same. I was like, that is too on the nose for a heart doctor. But like, that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Oh, my God. And like, oh, David just like trying to help him get to the ground while also grabbing at the phone to call for a nurse. Like. That was intense. Like, I wanted to nitpick about the whole phone thing and how how was he yelling into the receiver, you know, without the. Sorry, not receiver. Whatever the base the is called. Yeah, without the receiver. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Phones have speaker phones. Like, you're like a t- uh, intercom whatever situation. So and I couldn't even nitpick about something because honestly, it was just so chaotic, you know? Honestly, she's probably also right outside. Like, he's probably True. doing this in a van. Like, I have to get somebody. But, like, she's probably right there. Yeah, like, so whether it worked or not, David was just trying whatever he could think of, and maybe it didn't matter because at least she was right there and he was yelling, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we find out that, like, he had this major stroke. They have to get him to the doctor. They give him this, like, medicine that is supposed to be, like, real fast acting. If you can take it fast enough, it can counteract. I don't truly understand how strokes work, so, like... This this might also be the writers being like throw some science at the writer the viewers it'll be fine, like, mm-hmm. but it all boils down to honestly, thank God David was there so that yeah. like somebody could get him fast enough because I feel like if he he I feel like he would have had the stroke anyway but if he had been in his office no one would have seen it if he had been with a patient they might not known have known how to react yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it was extremely lucky that David was even there in the first place. And then when Donna eventually gets there, because like they call Donna and tell her and she's on the phone. So she gets a a call on her car phone. When she gets there, she's obviously like extremely upset, very flustered. Mm -hmm. And David does tell her that he was there when it happened. And she's kind of like, wait, what? Like, she's baffled because their conversation ended with, oh, he's not going to go talk to him. He's not going to, like, insert himself into the situation. And so she kind of, like, her first instinct is to get mad, right? Yeah, which, you know, she's in a high-tensity moment. Like, 
I understand why the first reaction is to just like lash out at something because you can't lash out at like her dad's blood vessels. Like that's not right. a thing you can do. Right. Right. right um, of course. And and you can't be mad at your dad, even though you've recently talked to him about taking and scaling back. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, these are like you can't predict this was gonna happen in his right. It was just a perfect storm. A whole yeah. thing. Um and then we get like a really kind of short moment where now that Kelly has Joey's full name, his mom's name, his stepdad's name, she basically, you know, presumably pulls out a phone book or calls an operator for a New Mexico phone book, gets every name of every Mrs. Merrick and just starts dialing. Mm-hmm. Arguably like maybe the best and like last best thing that Kelly does because I feel like after this it gets real weird. Yeah. I mean, I will say like I eventually enjoy what happens. It's just a matter of like, whoa, this is weirdly an okay conversation, like not how I would expect it to go. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, Yeah, because then like at the Walsh house, they're prepping to go to Malibu for to sandbag the house. And it's just Tracy inside right now. And Val comes in and like mentions Hong Kong. And literally as soon as, as blah, as soon as it was a scene with Tracy and Val, I was like, Val's going to mess up. She's going to say it. And not even to be malicious to like Malone her or anything like that or to Malone Brandon, quite frankly, but just because she doesn't know. Right. <laughs> That's like, and you just can't tell Val. Even if yeah. she doesn't yeah. mean to do it, <laughs> she did it. She did it. She did not mean to. But then it's like because she's like extremely self-aware, she like as soon as she says it and Tracy's like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it was honestly truly perfect that she was just like, oh, yeah, Hong Kong. Brandon has two tickets. And then Tracy goes, what? And Brandon walks in and she just goes, bye. Yep. <laughs> like, no notes. It was great. I feel like. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Even the writers were like, we need to find a way to just slide this into the conversation. Val needs coffee. Done. Yeah. It was a really good – it was like really well paced, that scene, you know, just the Mm -hmm. coming and going and all of that. And then, yeah, once Brandon's in there, like it's the ring conversation all over again, you know, and he stammers. He tries to come up with something. He tries to say that he didn't want to put any pressure on her to go or whatever but then kind of like we find out that apparently Jim and Cindy don't even really know about Tracy like they know he's dating somebody but they don't know any details like her name which yeah I'm just imagining the email from Cindy being like we're sending you some tickets so that you can come and your girlfriend I wish I knew what her name was right like I didn't have words in the moment. I was like, oh. Neither on. did Brandon. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> so during this scene, I accidentally, or actually it was in an earlier scene, but I accidentally wrote Tracy's name down as Susan. And now I'm thinking, what if Cindy still thinks Brandon and Susan are together? Ah, uh, if only. And doesn't remember anything about Susan except she has brown hair. I And just- meets Tracy. <laughs> it's like oh hi susan (laughs) 
so good to see you again. <laughs> like, oh my god, I would die. I I can't imagine the show has the budget to do a Brandon and Tracy go to Hong Kong and get Jim and Cindy back for one episode, but I would die. It's almost like if they didn't do 32 episodes a season, maybe they would. Go figure. (laughs) But, okay, so all I wanted in this moment is for Tracy to pick up what Brandon's putting down very clearly and leave. Like, she picks up the drinks and shoves them into Brandon's hands. I was like, okay, she's done. But no, she picks up a bag of food and still goes with him to sandbag Steve's dad's house. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could think there was like, Tracy's still a good person and like committed to helping Steve. Like, you know, whatever. I know she doesn't mm-hmm. owe anything to the group, but I agree. Like, if it were me, I wouldn't have done it. So she's a better yeah. person than, than I am. Exactly. Um, I got to be honest. All I wrote in the next scene is that Kelly is taking Joey to sandbag the house. Like, I know yeah. they had a bonding experience, but like. Yeah, they really just like related about like multiple stepdads. And really, Joey, yeah. it sounds like only has the one, but sees that Kelly has had multiple. But then Kelly can tell him like, oh, M- but here's Mel and he's great. And then you learn that Joey's dad died. And then there's the whole, like, you're going to come with me, so. Yeah, which, yeah, she's just, like, taking him somewhere else. Truly, no one of authority, not his parents, nobody knows that she has him, and she's just, like, taking him places, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I guess we're just, like, little friends now, which, okay, she has a cell phone, that's fine, but. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's very interesting. Especially to take him, God, Mary, what did you say? Like to a margarita party? <laughs> a margarita sleepover? Yes. <laughs> to take him to a margarita sleepover and to stop on the way to pick up beer with a 12-year-old. <laughs> okay, that was, yes. When we get there, that was hilarious. That was so um, fun. But yeah. we get another scene with Val, and this time I wrote, what's his name? Okay, not that guy. Well, and then what's-his-name's manager calls him Rob, so I was like, okay, got it. I'm back. Got it, got it, got it. In the steel trap. (laughs) Until next week. Yeah, so we meet Rob's manager, Alan Black. I did not look up who he is actor-wise, and I I should have. I completely forgot. But apparently this wasn't a good idea for Rob to just give Val a script. Oh. Sorry, I did look him up. I'm going to have to oh. find it, though. Sorry. I was about to say, like, oh, crap. Am I not? I got really excited. No. I, like, wrote a description of this person. Oh, good. Okay, so good. We have Alan Black. He is. Okay. Alan Black, played by Rick Hurst, who was in Charmed and currently kind of looks like Henry Rollins if you squished him inwards and gave him tousled boy band hair. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I can picture Henry Rollins squished in with boy band hair, so... That works. Yeah. Horrible. So Rob had given Val the script, which she reads, and apparently, you know, Rob liked it and then didn't give his opinion to Val when she got it. And she's like, I hate it. It's trash. That character is awful. And she's just like kind of digging. Like the manager, the manager is like, 
well, you liked the script before you gave it to her. And like, I'm sorry, miss, are you in the Hollywood industry? And when she stands up and she's just like, well, I think this character is an asshole and maybe you're a better actor than I think you are. I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, truly, for as much, like, Val wants attention and in the attention from men, she has no problem, no problem, no problem taking them down a peg. <laughs> like, she was like, I will put you in your place, sir. Just wait and I will do it. I mean, truly, I think after what happened to her with Kenny, like, mm. she has no tolerance for men thinking they're smarter than her anymore. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And which is wild because like, you know, I I don't think Rob is necessarily like intentionally doing anything to make Val feel stupid, right? It was just he's kind of collateral damage in this and it's really the agent or manager or whatever being like that. But she can mm-hmm. use Rob as a vehicle here to show how superior she is intellectually. Yeah, Rob is a boring nothing. Like he's just sitting there. Like, yeah, honestly, I feel like Val would have a great sparring partner slash boyfriend in said manager, potentially. Right. Like even an an enemies to lover type situation, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like, which, let's be real, like, that's what Val needs. Like, not Alan Black necessarily, but somebody to, like, spar with her. She doesn't need somebody, like, that's why the Colin situation was never... I mean, it was wrong for a million reasons, but, like, it never fit for me chemistry-wise because it's, like, she doesn't need to take care of somebody. She needs, like, a strong person. Yeah. That's why most of these guys just do not work for her. They're not strong enough to be with her. Yeah. Like, she can do better, and I will hold that thought until she finds that guy. Agreed. Um, yeah. There is another brief moment where we get an update on Dr. Dad and Felice is on her way back and Donna is like desperately trying to go see her dad and the doctors are like you can't like there's he is still like in critical condition he still needs to rest like you can't go in there and get in the way of things so she takes it out on David again and again I get it like she's hurt he's there and I give David a lot of credit for honestly just taking it for a little while yeah Yeah. well and these are kind of like role reversals right now we're so used Mm -hmm. to David being the one taking um angst and and issues and things like that out on Donna so it's it is really interesting to see the role reversal yeah and I I appreciate that this doesn't feel like manufactured drama like yeah Mm -hmm. some of the things that have happened before like Chloe and Cliff and like that just felt manufactured Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) To the margarita sleepover. Yes. Let's go to Malibu. Yeah. So everyone is there except, you know, Kelly is on her way. She mentions that, like, no one has heard from Donna and David and she left a note. And I was (laughs) like, oh, my God, none of you know about Dr. Dad. (gasps) Right? And I feel like Kelly is definitely going to be upset. Like, I know the others will be there for Donna, but, like. Kelly and Donna have been friends forever, so she, like, knows Dr. Dad. Yeah. They, uh, they'll they feel bad once they find out about it, but, like, how can they know, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is this is kind of, like, with Dick where, like, just nobody made a call because nobody thought to make a call. Yeah, exactly. 
And God, when Kelly shows up and she just has her little like plastic bag with a six pack in it, she's like, Claire, brought your beer. (laughs) Again, I was like, oh, we are testosterone Claire. Yes, we are. Yeah. Fully, fully into dude Claire. (laughs) Like now it would be like, hey, brought your Trulies. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, yeah, I brought your Budweiser. (laughs) But yeah. And then there's a whole like Joey gets up and tries to like stand on the ledge of the dock and Kelly's like, get down. You're going to hurt yourself. And he yells at her. You're not my mom. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I just love Claire walking around like heaving sandbags in her cut off flannel and holy jeans like it just it was everything and again she's showing off her muscles like you and I would just be like oh my god functional workout right squat deadlift right kettlebell swing seriously like I would be like all right I know there's a lot of people around here but I'm gonna do it I'm gonna lift these heavy sandbags (laughs) I could totally see it (laughs) Uh, and then, yeah, Brandon has the whole conversation with Steve where neither of them understand at all of what's going on with Claire. And I love that Brandon is basically just like, well, you know, testosterone is in men and men are the worst. I just, yeah, like, because Steve's freaking out. Like, his literal quote is like, one patch of testosterone and now she eats like a rhino, drinks like a fish and leaves a mess everywhere. And I'm just thinking, man. like most appropriate use of the phrase pot meat kettle right and so all I wanted Brandon to be like Steve that's you you know like something like that and if he had any idea he would have said it yeah but he's also like it's the whole girls versus boys thing right now where like Brandon also has boy brain with Steve yeah and it's just like well you know men cause famine and pestilence bye yeah and i'm like i was hold on he's being self-aware but also not (laughs) he totally misses the point because then Mm -hmm. he goes to talk to tracy and tries to be like look okay i know i have two tickets and i didn't tell you about the other ticket but like it's gonna be really boring in hong kong and i didn't want to put you through that and then he says are you crazy yeah he goes (laughs) like you're crazy for thinking i'm hiding you from my parents and i was like Ask Jim and Cindy what her name is. Right? Let's call them right now. Let's email them. Hey, mom, dad, just checking in. Uh, what should I put on the name of the ticket for my girlfriend? Yeah. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And then, oh, God, he gets even worse because he's like, well, it's important to you. So I want you to go. And like. I know it's a very stereotypical thing, but, like, it's very, like, I want you to want me to go. I'm not going to go unless you want me to go. But he's like, no, you want to go, and I have the ticket, so you can go. Like, it is so – like, that in that moment, that argument became very realistic for me. It's also, like, in the movie The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and and Vince Vaughn when they're having the whole conversation about the dishes and, like – Vince Vaughn is not is completely ignoring her and he's like no fine I'll do the dishes and she's like it's not about the dishes I want you to want to do the dishes and he's like why would I want to do the dishes 
<laughs> but I swear I have this conversation with Nate all the time, not about dishes, but like the same structure, even mm-hmm. to the point of like, I'll tell him something like t- starting to tell a story about something I'm excited about. He's not listening. And or he says, like, can you tell me later? I'm busy. And then I'm like, I get frustrated. I'm like, no, you can't. And then he's like, okay, no, no, I'm sorry. Let me hear it now. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You lost your chance. Like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> the window was this big and you went right past it. Yep. 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 Like, I have that. I told you, I had that conversation yesterday with John. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this article. And he just like put an almond in his mouth and went back to work. <laughs> it's like, what the, okay, moving on. Ugh. Moving on. Ugh. But, okay. I don't care. Rob calls Val. Skip it. I don't yeah. care. He's literally boring. Right? Like, this situation is boring because we know Val is using him. And even before the end scene between them, we knew he – she like, this wasn't a real relationship. Yeah. But I mean, we can even finish that story. He made her yeah. a mirror, yeah. put a bunch of candles around his house, and then they sleep together. Right. Okay. And then – cool fun hook up and then the next day agent i keep calling him agent he's a manager but his name is like yeah. alan thick no alan brick <laughs> no black <laughs> alan black <laughs> he comes to the pee pad and is like hey val i think we both know rob be dumb so let's make money off of him <laughs> like, which all i could think of was first what Mary said in her synopsis is like, why does everyone want to give Val $10,000 checks? <laughs> yeah. Second, I was just like, do not give her the paper check because you don't know Val, but I know Val and she is vindictive and she's going to take that check to Rob and show him what you did, get you fired. She's the new manager. <laughs> yeah. Profit. Like she's somehow forth- further, I can't talk today, further in the entertainment business than Steve ever could dream to be. And he's a Nepo baby. (laughs) I forgot that Steve wanted to be a manager in high school. That's what I'm saying. Like he wanted to literally do this. And Val is just like, nah, man, I know how to play the game. Like, (laughs) but like, yeah, the guy pulls out the check. I'm like, she's just going to take that immediately go to Rob's unfinished house. That still has candles burning and be like, Hey, look what I have. Do you want to have sex again? Like, this man has no idea what he's doing. He has no idea who he's up against, which she's like 21 and the owner of a hot nightclub that Quentin Tarantino goes to. Like, (laughs) watch yourself. And Luther Vandross. So. Yeah, but that's because Luther Vandross had a toothache once. Oh, that's right. That Yeah, that was Mel Silver's connection, not Valerie Malone. My bad. We can probably, like, start wrapping up all the storylines because we do have a scene at the hospital where David brings a bunch of takeout in and he puts it down with Donna and is like, you have to eat. And she tries to get him to leave and he's like, no, we're going to talk this out and you're going to finally accept what I'm going to tell you. Like, why are they the most healthy couple right now? And for, like, seven seasons, six and a half seasons, they've been the least healthy couple. It's wild. Like – it's almost it like somebody getting therapy helps relationships. Who Go figure. Thought? Go <laughs> figure. But like, yeah, this this moment, I guess, you know, him refusing to leave and bringing this food, like, finally gets through to Donna and she's like, 
I'm just scared. That's why I'm mad at you. And I feel like he's like, yeah, girl, we know. Yeah, right? Like, obviously. But I also very much love that David says, your parents should know that I want a future with you. I know. First of all, what an incredibly mature thing to say. And we never say that about David. And also... For a 21-year-old boy, because he is younger than them, Mm -hmm. the fact that he is, like, figuring out within himself that he wants Donna to be in his future, you would think, just based on Donna's character, that that would mean the world to her. So you can see how much, obviously, this Dr. Dad situation is messing with her, because otherwise, I feel like she would have just been so thrilled. Not necessarily because it's David. I mean, yes, she loves David, but she has... She's very Jane the Virgin in that she is so into romance, so mm-hmm. into love and, like, commitment and all of that stuff and, like, very much happy ever after, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, she cannot – I mean, she's happy about it. I think she really is. But, like, yeah, everything – the rest of the episode where we see Donna, it's with Dr. Dad. Like, yes. she slept in his room overnight. She's trying to talk to him to, like, you know – I guess get the brainwaves like how they say people can hear you when they're asleep mm-hmm. and like I kind of don't want to skip all the way to the end of the episode but it's the last scene with Donna and David and there's a huge break like we find out that like Dr. Dad has woken up like mm-hmm. he he can see he can like understand what's going on around him he can turn his head and he knows that it's Donna I love when he says something and she's like, it's Donna. And he goes, who else would my precious be? I know. That was super sweet. It like made me really emotional. But then also the way that like Dr. Dad, the actor was going, my precious. Like literally like, okay. he goes like, hello, precious. <laughs> like I don't want to make fun of it because of the situation. But also it was a mixture of like Smeagol and uh, – <laughs> freaking silence of the lambs like (laughs) yeah like we literally just watched all of the lord of the rings we timed lord of the rings return of the king for the ring to fall into mount doom at midnight yeah the extended edition we had to start it at like 8 p.m oh i'm sure god i love those movies yeah like so literally i just saw Gollum being like my precious for Mm -hmm. 12 hours (laughs) So I I was, like, feeling, like, well, heart pitter-patters that Dr. Dad was awake and, like, functioning. And then also just, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they have had any idea. This is, like, 10 years before that movie came out. But it was the, it was in my brain. I'm just happy Dr. Dad's okay. I'm so happy. Or at least so awake, you know, in recovery. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is best-case scenario for Dr. Dad. Yeah. And then we got to go back to Margarita party. Margarita sleepover. Love it. It's just so good. I mean, outside of like some of the storylines, it's just I wanted to see an entire like weekend at this house Um, because like Steve's the grill master, right? He's making the hot dogs and the hamburgers or whatever. But of course, when Tracy is still working, I guess, on the sandbags, she like looks in the window, sees Brandon and Kelly talking And, of course, they're not doing anything, like, of course. But Mm -hmm. because she's already upset, this, like, heightens her 
anger, right? She's like even more mad. And all, you know, that's going on inside is just Kelly making Margs and a giant one for Claire. <laughs> He's like, whose monster Marg is this? And she's like, it's Claire's. Duh. Duh. <laughs> okay. But also, like, Brandon left Tracy to go work in the dark in an oncoming storm by herself. So, yes. like, yeah, Kelly reveals this secret Claire testosterone pull a prank on Steve plan. And then Brandon's just like, well, I think you've noticed that me and Tracy are not doing well. I just want to be like, oh, really? Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> She's outside hauling sandbags and you're inside drinking a margarita with your ex-girlfriend. I will say, though, now thinking about it, like, that is still true to Tracy's character because of her life on the ranch. Yes. That is like, true. Like, she's very, like, sure to completion mentality, you know? So. Which she should not be doing chores with Steve Sanders. <laughs> no. God, no. God, no. Steve probably bailed as soon as he was like, oh, 4.30? I'm hungry. Like, literally, he all he was doing, like, let's be real, and this is no slight to any of the female characters, but he was the one putting sand in the bags. He should have been the ones lifting the bags and putting them on top of the thing. Steve is the one we have seen most consistently exercising through this entire show. Exactly, like, dude's got muscles. Yeah, put him to use, but no, he's like, I only do pull-ups on Muscle Beach. Thank you. Obviously. These are just for show, guys. <laughs> it's not... I can't lift things. Why would I do that? Uh, but yeah. And then, okay, so Joey's mom calls Kelly in tears. She's so excited. You see these like, you know, missing child posters all over their house. They've got like all of these like big poster boards. And then like, I don't know, Kelly's very interesting on the phone. She's like, I'm just going to get right to the point. Your son ran yeah. away to me. I took him to social services. He ran away from social services, and he thinks you hate him. I wasn't mad that she got straight to the point. I was more just like, why is she so matter of the fact? Matter of fact, and also like, if I were Joey's mother, I would not take kindly that this person which she doesn't know anything about kelly but that some person called social services on my son i guess so this is the thing yeah like kelly doesn't know her i yeah guess i don't really have a problem with her getting to the point i almost wonder if maybe if we had the time if she could like right. suss this person out and see like yeah maybe if is there's something really yeah yeah like do you really not love joey or is joey mm -hmm. just like you know, going through a lot of emotions. Also, um, like, identify that Joey's your son. What's his birthday? What's his favorite thing to do? Like, you know. Yeah. Not just, like, like give the address of where you and your friends are. Because mm -hmm. this could have easily taken a turn to being, like, beach margarita sleepover murders part seven. Yes. God. Yeah. But – and then, yeah. Kelly is like, oh, well, you should probably also call that guy – chuck or whatever at social services i was like mm -hmm. that's gonna go terribly like right that was my this, thing like all of a sudden this is like an international or not international interstate case like they've already got a file they're gonna get home visits like you don't want social services and like cps coming into your house exactly just, like i just think no. she took to um She's too chill about the fact that social services is is involved. Yeah. And again, 
she took the baby to a margarita sleepover. But then if mom is like, she took my child to a margarita sleepover instead of trying to get him home to me and keeping him in a safe environment, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like Child Protective Services would be like, how did you let your child run away to a margarita sleepover? Right, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, she says like, okay, we're going to get to Santa Fe. We're going to go to the next flight out. We'll be there tomorrow. And turns out Kelly gives them the address of the beach house. Um, so then the next morning, like, there's a little moment where Claire gets, like, really aggressive with Steve, like, physically aggressive, and he keeps saying no, and she won't stop, and then she's like, oh, I've proved my point. I'm being you, and I was like, okay, Steve's kind of, like, assaulty if, like, she's really playing him. Right, right. Like, I'm sure she's trying to – I hope she's trying to exaggerate the point to make yes, it yes. so obvious what this feels like to her. But, yeah, I mean, like, obviously we know she was not going to assault him, right? Like, yeah. we know that. He, Steve doesn't, but we we know that. But, yeah, the fact that, like, she kind of had to go over the top to, like, prove that this is what Steve normally acts like in a, in a hyperbolic way – right I was just like this like in real life like this would break a person yeah be like this is how you picture being like romantic with me Mm -hmm. mm-hmm well and especially when Steve says like you know because the whole point is that he's struggling to say what he actually feels Claire fills in the blanks and he's like yeah you know like obviously like yes that's how Mm -hmm. I feel but when he says that he's feeling Claire fills in the blanks, used and taken for granted. I'm like, ooh, those are not good. Obviously taken for granted. That can mean many, many things. And we all take everybody for granted and try really hard not to, but it sometimes is inevitable. Yeah. But feeling used, that's not good. Right? I was just like, like, we talked about earlier, like, it's funny to watch the, like, pretend to be the other person and, like, drink a lot of beer and eat a burger, but then, like, it's not actually good signs of a healthy relationship, and so mm-hmm. at the end of this, I was just like, oh, you lost me. I'm done. Well, yeah, because, like, he apologizes and says, like, he w- didn't realize he was being all those things, which also bad, but yeah, she also forgives him very fast and is like, let's just go for a walk on the beach, and I'm like... Okay, but can the like you said earlier, can the beach be where they actually talk about stuff? Or because mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, this may have knocked Steve over the head to be like focus, but now you actually have to say the things you need to say. Yeah, and like this is, you know, it's not on media to do all these things, but I hate when you like right. you see the fight and you see people realize, but then you don't see the resolution of how to actually have the conversation because yeah. It's not a good teachable moment. It's not on 90210, but, like, yeah, they're just like, let's go find seashells. I do wonder, like, I mean, I imagine it's pretty difficult to write those scenes because, yeah, you, A, you don't want to come across as inauthentic, and Mm -hmm. B, you also don't want to come across as though you have all the answers, you know? And C, you don't want to come across cheesy. Yeah, I think – it takes a really strong writing team and really strong actors and a really strong director yeah. and like 
you probably have to be pretty few and far between with it. Like, yes, agreed. You know, when when we like that one scene in Supergirl with like Kara and Lena, like where they're at the Fortress of Solitude and they're like, all this stuff is coming up. Like the amazing scene, the best scene of the entire show, of the entire Arrowverse. Yeah, I know you're talking about. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like it took those two and the chemistry they have together and like how often does that kind of conversation happen between the two of them or even in the entire Arrowverse? I mean, how many times have we said like the Flash, like the main couple, like Barry and Iris just fall flat? Like, right, right. Like they it, they get these scenes and then they just can't. They can't. They can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Cara and Lena aren't any, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I get what you mean. It totally takes the right, a perfect storm, you know, of yeah. of all these things put together. And yeah, to your point, like you can't put it in every episode because then it wouldn't mm-hmm. feel as authentic as authentic as it actually is. Um, yeah. But yeah, sometimes we just want to see the resolution and sometimes we want to see it happen. And I do feel like this show at certain points have the strong enough actors to pull it off. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I would have loved to see that between like Dylan and Brenda. Oh, I mean, I would have loved seven more seasons of Dylan and Brenda. True. But like, can you imagine Akara and Lena, Dylan and Brenda scene? I think that would be incredible. It would be so good and I feel like maybe Steve and Claire can do it and maybe they just can't and that's why they didn't put it in like sure I I would rather them just not do it if they don't think they can do it right for sure for sure yeah but you know they decide to go search for seashells and Steve is just like we are not unsandbagging this house because I need my dad to know we did it and not that we just like came to his house like I want the credit fair fair so fair. Uh, yeah. So fair. Like, <laughs> and like we said before, he's got two brothers. They can unsane back the house. They can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But more importantly, Tracy left before everyone woke up. And, you know, there's a moment where like Brandon is rolling up his suit or his sleeping bag and he and Kelly are talking about how like Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We don't understand each other. Like, thank God we're all here for each other. Whatever. <laughs> um, but it turns into Brandon going to the peach pit to meet with Tracy. Mm-hmm. And like Kelly goes separately. She's sitting up at the bar talking to Nat. Whatever. Um, but this scene between Tracy and Brandon is so interesting because I really thought he was breaking up with her. And then he didn't. Well, and I thought she was breaking up with him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I was expecting. She's, like, she's literally like, we'll go our separate ways on spring break and then we'll see what happens. That's never good. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like she apologizes to him and then he wants to apologize. She cuts him off with that. So it's like, okay, that's it. Yeah. It wasn't clear. And then he starts talking and was like, you know, taking you to Hong Kong was a really big step. And I had to figure out if I was ready for that step. And I was waiting for, <laughs> and I'm not. Yes. Yeah. He did a really good, like, bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like making out because they're going to go to Hong Kong together to meet Jim and Cindy. And Kelly is just sad at the bar. And I was like, I, 
this relationship is limping along and it's going to be painfully obvious in Hong Kong. Yeah. And hmm, to that point, it's like, I think Tracy's too blinded by her infatuation with Brandon that Mm -hmm. because she immediately was like, okay, I'll go. And it's like, no, 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 he's not really like, maybe he, maybe his genuine feelings are there. Maybe he really does like want to take you, but his gut was saying no. And you don't see that. Let's keep remembering that his gut always says to say no. And then he goes against that better judgment. Yeah. Like that's what I keep coming back to. Yeah. Honestly. Agreed. I just. I, I want Tracy to just get away. Like she's clearly not happy and trying to convince herself she's happy. And Brandon isn't ready to be alone or like. Neither he nor Kelly will admit that they want to be together. So, like, I just need this all to stop. Yeah. It all just seems like placeholders, you know? Like, mm-hmm. with Susan, like, we we obviously knew Emma Caulfield was not going to be on the show longer than she was. But, like, there was still real strong endgame vibes. Yeah. With Tracy, like, as much as I like Tracy, she's a time filler. It's – yeah, it's the same thing that I've felt with other people is like, I like you, get away from the group. Yeah, and then others, you're like, I love you, please be part of the group, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, they are just limping along, and if Tracy has other friends that we just never see, they must all be like, I don't really care for Brandon. Yeah. Sorry. Uh but yeah, I think that's everything. I mean, I don't think we truly talked about when Joey's family shows up, but I don't really care. Joey's gone. Uh, his stepdad has hair. Has like, like what? I can't even describe it. <laughs> that's yeah. I hair mean, was all I got. Joey has an exquisite mullet. Like I'm not one of those that likes mullet. But you can definitely tell it's, like, cut well. Joe, so. Joey's mullet is, like, the 11-year-old version of Brandon's mullet in the very first episode. Yeah. Which then grows up to be Billy Ray Cyrus' achy, breaky heart mullet. <laughs> I love the mullet life cycle. It, it, if you've got that kind of curly mullet, that's just – that's the evolution. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, yeah. We did it. That's it. We did um, it. I, I did not write down a lot of quotes. So, <laughs> if you have one, I think I've only got, like, two. Well, we I mean, we already talked about it. So, it was the one yeah. when Val comes walking down the stairs and Brandon is just on caffeine or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great. It's really, like, getting a email from his parents gave him like a contact high right he was like well so happy man mom and dad emailed me let's go (laughs) i'm going to hong kong a Mm -hmm. vision in terry cloth (laughs) oh my gosh what about you mary i'm not gonna lie i totally zoned out (laughs) (laughs) what's your moment of the week my moment of the week, honestly, has to be 
um, Rob's mattress on the floor. (laughs) But with little tea lights everywhere. Everywhere. Can't buy a bed, but can buy 47 tea lights. I just, I really want Val to be like, you need an accountant. I know a great one. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, Nothing would make me happier than Val turning, like, everyone who has ever wronged her into some magical, like, mystery party. I've brought you all here today to, what, like, turn it into Clue, specifically. Yes. Not, like, Knives yes. Out, like, Clue. Yes. Oh, my God. Who would it include? It would include her mother, Kenny, Colin. Ginger. Oh, Ginger. Ginger. This manager now. Yep. So we have at least five people. That's that's uh, that's that's almost a full clue game, honestly. Yes. And like we still got three more seasons, so we got time. And we Kelly. Know, oh, Kelly. Kelly's got to well, but can she? Because like Val would just accuse her of being the murderer every time. So <laughs> well, and Kelly, Kelly would I think refuse you to play. Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Kelly would refuse to play. That's true. That's true. That's all I want, though. That would be so good. Yeah. Okay. Well, Caitlin, what is next week's episode? Spring break. It's got to be spring break, right? It is season seven, episode 24, spring breakdown. I mean, okay. So we don't know what anybody else is doing other than (laughs) – Brandon and Tracy. So it they could break up in Hong Kong. We could actually see them go to Hong Kong and break up. And maybe they're just like real creative with the sets or like Fox had I mean, a show that could pass for that on the back or lot. Or they go to Chinatown. Yeah, I guess there is that. <laughs> you know? I'm just honestly, I'm also scared because the last time we've had Asian people on this show, it was like the mystical Asian driver's ed teacher with – uh brenda do you remember that yes i am not when remembering she was like, this at all oh it God. was like season one when she was supposed to get her driver's license and she was like is that henry winkler and then just like hit somebody oh yeah 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 okay i'm with you yeah and then it had like the horribly like racist music and the like oh mystical asian yeah yeah so i it, we we've probably grown but i'm a little nervous <laughs> fair and then other than that, I mean, David and Donna are going to be with Dr. Dad and Felice. So, I mean, Felice is on her way back on the boat. So yeah. she's probably going to be like, it took a week, but I'm here. What do you want? <laughs> right? Like, you ruined my vacation, David. <laughs> <laughs> she's totally going to blame David. I mean, Donna did it because Donna was stressed. Felice is going to do it because she hates David. It's going to happen. Oh, I think I have another moment of the week, actually. <laughs> Okay, And it was probably when it's Dr. Dad's advice to David about Felice. It's like, she's just going to keep hating whatever until she gets burned out on it. And I'm just like, (laughs) literally, this is like a child with too much sugar. She just has to run around in fucking circles over it until she goes to sleep and it doesn't matter anymore. You just have to tire her out. (laughs) Oh my god, I love the idea of just wear her out and then she'll stop hating you because she just can't. can't. She just can't. Oh my god. I love it. But tomorrow's I, a new day. Like, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. My annoyance with people can grow exponentially. Like, 
it yeah. may like simmer down because I don't interact with them as much, but then someone comes back and I'm just like, <gasps> I forgot. I mean, like, honestly, this sounds like Noodle and her going to daycare. Like, <laughs> literally, she comes home and she's exhausted from daycare, but like her rebound ability. The next day, she's immediately like, all right, I'm choosing chaos. Let's go. And <laughs> it is like that every time. Oh, my God. I love it. I love <laughs> the idea. I can't wait to just see Felice, like, refuse to surrender and everyone just be like, just let her tire herself out. She's just, like, just off in the corner being rude. <laughs> yeah, right? She's like, they make her sit down for a minute. Like, no, you stay there. But she keeps yelling at everyone from the chair. <laughs> Just give her a soundproof box for her birthday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Felice would do really well in a Regency romance novel of just being like, stay away from my daughter, you're not good enough. I'll pay you to get away. I'll pay you to get closer. I mean, honestly, like, she kind of, and obviously I haven't read the books, and I'm still not done with season two, but she sounds a little bit like Lady Featherington. She wishes she could be Lady I could, Featherington. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Because she's very controlling. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fact that Penelope, all she can wear is that god-awful yellow, you know? Oh, they're both really hateable in some similar ways, but also a yeah. lot of different ways. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, I can feel, like, the emotion that I feel when I see them. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like, I I feel the same thing no matter what. It doesn't matter which one's in front of me. Yeah, and with the whole thing with the um, the new Lord Featherington and – New Lord Featherington. The daughter, you know, like that's very Felice of to arrange something like that. So, yeah, that's very Felice. Yeah, Felice. Yeah, no, let's... 90210 Regency AU. <laughs> right? <laughs> it could work. It could. It certainly could work. All right. Well, I have to go look up that fanfic and then we'll talk about Spring Breakdown next week. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to Podcast. You can also shoot us over an email if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe. All that stuff really helps us. And if you give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week. From all of us at Back to Podcast. I got your SOS. Here's your beer. I gotta go make a giant marg. And I hope you guys are bringing both to my sleepover. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>